The reading today is from Luke 18, verses 1 to 8. It's on 1051, page 1051 in the Pew Bibles. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everybody. It'd be great to have that passage in front of you as we look at it together. Let's pray, shall we? Father God, we thank you very much for your word, and we pray that as we look at it together, you might teach us new things about you, new things about your son, and new things about the way in which we can follow you wholeheartedly today and in the weeks and months to come. Amen. Some of you have met my um, children, some of you haven't, but this this summer, uh, two young adult children have been doing their own thing for the first time. Becca finished her degree and she's moved out to start a proper job. And Tom, who has completed his first year at uni, is off earning money and working his way through the summer. It's a really different stage for us as a family, and we miss the noise and the buzz and maybe even the mess that is at home when they're around, because it's just so quiet. And people always say, don't they, when you've got small children, oh, they grow up so quickly. But they really do. And there are plenty of things that we think we will not miss about them when they're adults, from when they're children. And we've already heard what it's like when children persistently badger us. They do have this way, don't they, of repeatedly asking and re-asking the same thing. And it goes a bit like this. Well, it used to in my house. Mom, can I go to the shops and get some sweets? Not now. It's supper time. But, Mom, I haven't had any for ages. Yes, you did. You had some the other day. Oh, please, Mom, I really feel like some Haribo. I'm saying no. Please stop asking. But I finished my homework, and I'll be really, really quick, and I promise I won't eat them. And I'll give you all my cola bottles. Please, Mom. For goodness sake, stop badgering me. I've said no. But, Mum, what if I do my teeth really well tonight? 
It goes on and on, or it used to. Quite not so much now. Every so often, though, I would give in because I would be so exhausted by the nagging and the persistence that it would just wear me down. And this is, I imagine, a bit like what the unjust judge feels in this passage, what he faced when this nameless widow repeatedly comes before him asking for justice. I'm sure her cause was more significant and justified than my son's need for sweets, but it was her constant pleading in the end that wore him down and he gave in so purely he could have a quiet life. This is a real contrast to what Jesus goes on to say about his Father God when people come to him. He is the total opposite of this weak and selfish, unjust judge who neither fears God nor, as we look in the passage, if you have a look at verse 2, he doesn't fear God and he doesn't care about people. Indeed, Jesus explains how much more God, God cares deeply when he hears our cry and he decisively brings about justice for suffering people. This parable comes immediately after a section where Jesus has challenged the Pharisees in their understanding of the kingdom of God and explaining that the kingdom of God is not just present in the person of Jesus, but will also come finally and completely in the future when people least expect it, but when everyone will see. Indeed, Jesus is using the stories in the previous chapter from the Old Testament, which the Pharisees will know to warn them of the dangers of not being ready because they're so busy living their lives for themselves and concerned about themselves. So this parable isn't just randomly placed in the middle of Luke. It follows on deliberately here. And Jesus goes on to explain to his disciples, and maybe the Pharisees are listening in, that there's something really important for them to be doing, to be ready for the Son of Man's return. And it's quite simply this. Have a look at verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Pray and not give up. Be persistent. Keep going. Bring everything to your heavenly Father, whatever you face, whatever trouble comes. Whether you're rejoicing or weeping, keep praying. And look at the end of the parable at verse 8. He says, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? We need to pray and to not give up because when Jesus returns, he longs to come back and find people on this earth who have a real and living, lasting faith, that they're standing and trusting Christ, that they haven't lost heart in the face of persecution and trouble or in financial struggles or relationship breakdown or bereavement. The disciples were going to face so much hardship in the months and years to come as they were going to take the gospel to the known world. And Paul and Peter's letters are absolutely full of those struggles and that call to pray. 1 Thessalonians says, pray continually, giving, con giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 
You see, praying and keeping on praying is not an added extra to the life of the believer. It's central. If we want to stand firm and not lose heart and be ready for Jesus' return. You see, when the believer prays and keeps on praying, we're putting our concerns and our struggles and the injustices and pain we experience and see into the hands of a completely just and completely loving God who hears the cries of his chosen ones, of his people, of us, his precious children, recognizing that he's holy and powerful and mighty and recognizing that in ourselves we are not, that we are sinful and we need him. So firstly, we have a just God. Our world is full of injustice, isn't it? We see it every day. The children's cry of it's not fair when they're blamed for something they haven't done or indeed that they have done. Many suffer and others sail through life. Countries are run by powerful individuals, some of which use their power to dominate and to control other people. In fact, remember two weeks ago, or when it was, 22 people lost their lives in Texas when a man attacked shoppers in uh, Walmart, I think it was, just because he wanted to shoot as many Mexican people as possible. That is appalling, an appalling injustice that shatters and breaks people and leaves them sad and desperate. You see, the un unjust and uncaring judge doesn't care about injustice like that because he doesn't fear God and he doesn't fear people. He has no compassion, he has no love, and he's completely unlike God in both character and power because he only cares about himself and his own needs. You see, he was probably a local magistrate. He probably had a bit of status in the community, but by describing him as someone who does not fear God, Jesus is actually suggesting he's a man of wickedness. He's a man with no godly, who's not godly, who is the absolute opposite of the God of Israel, whose scripture always describes as being on the side of the oppressed and the marginalized and the suffering and the widow. The woman who comes to him, she's got no status, no value in the judge's eyes. She's got no one to speak for her. And by constantly going to the judge and pleading, she's having to fight to be heard. And I wonder how many times she went before she wore him down. And he's only persuaded to act because of her nagging, to get her off his back, basically. But look at verse 7. Jesus promises that God will bring justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him persistently. He's not going to put them off. He won't keep sending them away or ignoring them or paying no attention because he's going to bring justice and quickly. He's going to bring justice to those who act out of evil, who show no repentance or remorse because he could be trusted to make things right. Now, it may not seem immediate when we pray for things like that, but he does say quickly in verse 8. But that means that when Jesus does bring justice, it will be swift and it will be decisive in every way. It will be fair, it will be powerful, because he, it comes from the one who loves those who call on him. Sometimes we might see justice as we pray, but we have to trust Jesus with the long game, 
that when Jesus returns finally, he will bring about justice with a finality that is completely fair because he is a just God. And secondly, we pray persistently because not only is he a just God, but he loves his people. Look at verse 7 again. He will bring justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night. Another contrast with the unjust, unjust judge who doesn't care about anyone. He doesn't even know the widow's name. How much more does our God know the name of each of his children, of each of you and me as we come to him? 1 Peter uh, chapter 2 describes those that trust in Christ as chosen people, royal priesthoods, holy nation, a people belonging to God. That's who we are as believers today, as the believers in the first century were too. We're so precious to our Heavenly Father. And as God is our just judge, He will answer our prayer because he cares and love us, loves us. God cares so much that he was prepared to give his only son to die on a cross to bring about justice for sin. You see, you and I are the ones that deserve punishment for our rebellion against God. And yet Jesus took that punishment that we deserve. And in doing so, God's justice was done and sin was dealt with forever so that we could be forgiven and have new life as his people. Jesus was found guilty and he was punished in our place. He swapped places with us so that those who trust in him can be free from the burden and guilt of sin. One writer says this, God's justice is different. It results in gain and joy. Lost souls are found. Losses are made good. Happiness takes the place of misery. And all because the Son of God gave himself a willing sacrifice to save people and restore them to God. That's the extent to which God cares for his people. If only that nameless widow, had gone to him instead of the unjust judge, she wouldn't have had to keep nagging because her cries would have been heard the first time by the one who loves her deeply and acts fairly. So let's be honest. Persistence and praying and praying and praying is really challenging, isn't it? It's really, really hard. And so often I get caught up in the busyness of a day and bringing things to God just gets lost in the madness of running around. Sometimes things go awry and I just am really stubborn and refusing to bring things to God in prayer. Sometimes I just feel unheard and tired by prayer. Then I feel like God's never going to answer me. Perhaps I wonder if I haven't prayed hard or maybe I'm just not a good enough Christian and my prayers are not acceptable. Do you ever feel like that? It's utter nonsense, isn't it? Because this parable reminds us how foolish that is and how wonderful it is when we come to God with everything that's on our hearts. The pain, the brokenness, the ranting, the joys, the sadness, the despair. 
trusting God as our loving and fair judge who cares for us and is able to decisively answer prayer and execute his right justice in all situations at the right time is a wonderful comfort to those of us who follow him. And it's a particular comfort, I believe, when we feel like God isn't answering prayer, when our prayers seem unanswered. My mum prayed for my dad for over 20 years before her prayers were answered and he became a Christian. And it was a joyful day. I find it really, really hard to pray for those that I love that show no sign, no interest in Jesus. And I find it really hard to keep coming to him with prayer. And there have been plenty of times when I've prayed for healing for people. Nothing seems to happen. But that does not mean that God has not heard our cries. We can cry out to him, not because he doesn't listen, like the unjust judge, because he does. We may not always get an answer in our lifetime, but Jesus is talking here of the kingdom of God, and that tells us that there will come a time when he returns, when his justice will be done finally. And our call is to have faith even when it feels like it's a struggle. Have faith in his mercy and in his kindness and keep praying when he will bring an end to all the suffering and injustice. Paul was constantly at prayer. Jesus cried out to his heavenly father repeatedly. In Gethsemane, he pleaded with God to provide a different path for him to follow. And yet, in obedience, he trusted him. Even when God's answer was the same, yet not my will, but yours, he said. God knows what he's doing. What may seem like a lack of answer and that seem unfair, but as God knew that Jesus had to go to the cross for our good and for the salvation of all mankind, he knows that sometimes we have to persevere with prayer through the pain, through the suffering, and trust him and trust his plans and his purposes. Trust that they're greater than our understanding and our feelings. Let me finish by telling you about Anne. Anne uh, was someone in my old church, and she suffered very much. Her marriage failed. Her husband was an alcoholic who took his life, and her children had immense struggles. Yet for Anne, prayer is her absolute priority. She loves to pray. She could spend her life angry at the injustices that she's faced. But instead, she's experienced the deep love of her Heavenly Father. And he's given her hope beyond the limits of this life. Anne is the first at prayer meetings. She's the first to create new opportunities where people and members of the church and community to come and pray. And she testifies to God's love and his justice. She loves her heavenly father and knows him, recognizing him as completely loving and completely just. And I can learn a lot from Anne. Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? He will, because he's completely just and completely loving.
When the Lord Jesus returns, will he find faith on the earth? He will when his people continue to pray and to not give up. Let us pray that as we increasingly become men and women and children who persist in prayer, trusting him through whatever we face, praying that we will become people who understand that he is the loving, just God who will answer in his timing and in his way. Amen.